Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. Kristen Bird joins us now. And Kristen, you can't bring up certain topics because we've already kind of choked up and teared up here this morning. Just talking about 9-11. Today's the day, 22nd anniversary. But I was listening. These, after all these years, it still affects us. I, again, I just, I still can't believe. I can picture what I was looking at when I first saw that that happened. I had just left New York and moved to Los Angeles. Oh, I really? I that all the time. And I think for my uh, family, it was a really heavy day because... I would have been there had I, I decided to move to Los Angeles a little bit earlier than anticipated. And oh. so that kind of changed um, the, the fact that I was not there that day. And I'm grateful, you know, but it was also a weird feeling because then I wasn't there with my friends. And because the Internet wasn't the way it is now, it took about two weeks to get in touch with everybody. Right. And I had a group of New York friends that lived in Los Angeles. And we made like I remember this. We made a huge list of everyone we knew and we were all trying to contact each other. And my next door neighbor took me two weeks to get in touch with her. I finally got through on her voicemail at like midnight, 2 a.m., something ridiculous. And I just sobbed just being able to hear her voicemail. I remember that. I knew she was okay, but it was just like I'm checking in on you. Whoops, we lost her nine years in New York and um, lived downtown. And when I looked down 7th Avenue, it was the Twin Towers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, we moved in 1986. We came back to do the the KQ Morning Show. I would have lived just a couple of miles from the Twin Towers at that time. I mean, had I still lived there, that's where we were, right down the road a little bit. But, I mean, just watching that after having lived in New York for, you know, several years, Watching all of that, just to watch all that smoke and filth and everything running down the streets the way it, remember how it just poured down the streets throughout the entire island, basically? Um, it was very difficult. I think maybe, Kristen, you just made a really good point. The fact that you lived there, the fact that I did live there, that I was so close to that place, made it even worse. Because if you'd never been there, it's like, it's still going to be horrible, don't get me wrong. But it's worse if you had lived there, too. Yeah, it made it really challenging to um, handle. You know, it was one of those things that you you just thought about all the memories that you had had there. And I had worked several times at World Trade Center. And I just knew how how tragic it was with people that had to jump. I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. That running man thing, the falling man. Yeah. Oh, God. Have you ever seen that, AJ? No, I haven't. There was a guy, and he literally came from one of the top floors, correct? He tried to jump for his life, which was going to kill him anyway. But the entire way down, he looked like he was running. There's video of it. It's amazing to watch. He literally thought that if he he would try to run through the air, that somehow that might save him. Hmm. It's just, there's so many things about that day that just, they're stuck in our brains forever, Kristen. It is. It's definitely one of those situations I will never forget. No, no question. All right, now let's move on to some Hollywood happiness. What do you Thanks, say? Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, we got to cover it, sister. We got to cover I it. Know. I know. Sorry. You guys, I think I have to call in. I'm getting feedback again. Like I, I did know. Last it's week. been really horrible again. I don't know why they can't fix this, but why didn't I just stay a garbage collector? It would have been much easier on me emotionally. What do you think? I don't know. I should still be working for Capitol Records, even even though there's no record people left in the world, but I could still be doing that. Yeah, I don't know what the, this has been Agent, going on I'm for like a month. In, okay? okay, sounds good. Thank um, you. Okay, when Capitol Records, when you left Capitol Records, it was still like thriving and doing well. Oh, it was well. huge, yeah. What, what did a lot of people that you knew in that industry, what would they pivot to? 
I have no idea to tell you the truth. Interesting. I mean, Bobby Columbia and people like that. And Bobby Columbia is one of the guys that started Blood, Sweat, and Tears, so he did okay financially. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. I think he'll be fine. My friends in the business, they they were they did well. That was yeah. a good thing. But it just, yeah, I mean, that makes me sad because Capitol Records, of course, was first known to, to the reason I even knew about Capitol Records was because of the Beatles. Yeah. Because the Beatles were on Capitol Records. And I'm like, my God, Capitol wants to hire me to be one of their reps in the throughout the middle of the United States. And it was such an honor to be working for the same label as the Beatles. Right? <laughs> it's kind of weird to look at it that That's way. That's so crazy. So Kristen, we lost Kristen's, uh, I, don't, I don't get to look at her anymore. That's the sad part. I'm sorry, but I'm back. At least you get to hear my melodious voice. Yeah, we're going to have to get somebody <laughs> in and fix this all day. It's been a month now, and it would be really nice if we could get this fixed. That'd be great. Why yeah, did it's a little I ever crazy. Get, why did I ever get back in the business? I was, I would, <laughs> I have broken away. I was scot free for about two months there, and then I made the huge mistake. What do you think? You missed it, and they missed you. I do love doing this. Don't get me wrong. There's no question about that. But you know, such is life. So yeah, I, I you know, we we'll move on with that whole situation. But I know that you lived in New York, and obviously. It touched you very, it was close to your heart, obviously. It still is, honestly. Yep. This day, I always think, is a, is a tough one for me. And I lost my neighbor in the towers. Oh, and it, it is one of those situations that you, you know, it, it, a lot of it was timing. And, and some people were so fortunate because they were late to school, a lot of, or late to work because they were dropping their kids off of school because it was the first day of school in New York at that time. And all those small decisions of, like, why you were there or why you weren't there. Yeah. It impacts you deeply, I think. All right, I'll close with this, and then we're going to move on to happiness. But I, I'm not even going to say the person's name because he was a junior, as a matter of fact. A friend of mine, uh, I ran into him a couple of days after it happened, and I said, wasn't that just horrible? And he said, Tom, you don't know, do you? And I said, no, what? And he said, my son died in the lobby. He oh. made it all the way down into the lobby, but he never got out of the building. That to this day, oh, God, can you even imagine having to deal with that on a daily basis? Or the person that made the call that told the people in Tower 2, you don't have to evacuate. People started to come down. They said, no, go back to your office. You're fine. Oh, and oh God. It's, it's those things. And some people said, I went with my gut instinct and things felt wrong, so I just continued to leave. And yeah. other people went back to their office, and that was a life or death decision. So, um, with the building next to you, if something's going on, just leave. I think that's. You know, or yep. your gut's telling you something, just go. Good move. And now for a little joy and happiness, ladies Woo, and gentlemen. We, we got to talk about it, though. It's such an important day in world history. No doubt about it. So speaking of entertainment, what's happening in the entertainment world? Well, I think there's a kind of an interesting situation that's going to be happening today, and I'm kind of keeping my close eye on this one. Drew Barrymore has a very successful talk show. Um, she's going back to work today. However, she has WGA writers, so she is crossing the picket line to start up the fall show. Now, here's the dilemma in all of this. The crew members, the ones who are not writers and obviously not actors, are suffering because they are the collateral damage in this strike. Makeup artists, lighting, sound, everything, camera operators. Um, So she chose to go back to work so that they could earn a living. That's one thing. Sure. Um, however, Writers Guild is going to be picketing her show all day because it is a struck show, and she is crossing the picket line. Uh, so what happens there? What, what's going to go on with her? Um, she's allowed. Now, here's a, here's a very complicated thing. The writers, it's struck show for the Writers Guild. It is not a struck show for her as a SAG after member. It is a network code contract. That is why you see the view running. That's why you see the daytime soaps running and game shows. So it makes things really complicated. Now, SAG can't sanction her for any reason, but Writers Guild is going to make her life a living hell. And they're probably, if there's multiple entrances and exits to the building at the studio, let me tell you, they're probably not going to create a neutral gate whatsoever. And a neutral gate usually allows easy entrance and exits for people. But I have a feeling what's going to happen is that she's going to become demonized in this. But yeah, I'm I, sure. I, I, kinda, yeah. I understand both sides. I understand because we are seeing all of the, you know, the hairstylists and everyone else and the 
lighting and sound going, hey, we want to work. When is this going to end? I know. I, I, I just, look, I, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I've been a member of SAG and AFTRA for, God, since I was a teenager, obviously. But I'm, you know, people like Brittany. But what Brittany, would you do? Brittany, if you were like today... What would I do? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross the picket lines. I just. I'm not a very political guy about that stuff. But I just said, it would harm too many other people. I. I couldn't do that. I don't think. No. Yep. I mean, it's it, it's an interesting dilemma to be presented with because I do understand both sides of it. But again, it is her name, and um, mm-hmm. you have to also remember that a lot of the the late night shows they're not up, they're not running they're not crossing the picket line. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, it'll probably end at some about half of them because those shows do so poorly now anyway. None of those shows do well anymore. Well, and we had the Jimmy Fallon incident last week. I know you were out, but, uh, you know, Rolling Stone did a deep dive article about his toxic workplace, which is a situation that has happened in Late Night Before with James Corden, and we've seen it in daytime yeah. with Ellen DeGeneres. Kelly Clarkson has had that on her set. Yep. So it does make networks look twice. But I also say NBC's had a lot of problems at their network. And I'm like, what's going on with HR? Like, why can't people safely go there and make complaints without being fired? Do you know Jimmy Kimmel very well? I don't know Jimmy Kimmel, no. Yeah, I talked to him a couple of times. He's a raging prick. He's not a well, pleasant person. I will tell you that his staff, compared to Jimmy Fallon, has less turnover. So, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, he can, you know he comes across such a nice man, doesn't he? He does. He um, really you know, does. The, the Rolling Stone article. I don't know if you read it. It's worth it's worth a listen to, just because, um, or, or worth a read, just because it really gives a perspective of fourteen former employees, two current employees, uh, that really talked about how how difficult it was, whether bad Jimmy or good Jimmy showed up. So it really affected how their day was going to go. Yeah, I mean, do you think, now you would know this better than anybody, maybe I even know, living in Los Angeles, being in a business and all the rest of it, do you get the impression that the people who put together, put forth this, oh, great to see everyone, I'm so happy and it's so wonderful to be here, those are always the biggest pricks. You ever notice that? Do you know what I think the hardest sets are, to be honest, Mm. is the ones that have to, and you might feel this sometimes because you put out daily content. It's the pressure to put out a great show five days a week. And a lot of the daytime talk shows, a lot of the soaps, we just saw this on Days of Our Lives. They had a toxic workplace environment. You have um, the late night shows. And I've seen this with friends who are influencers and have to put out daily content. It's that pressure to constantly, like, stay ahead of the trends, go viral, um, book the best guests. For some reason, that really creates a stress-filled situation for everybody. And well, that and working with Brittany. Those are the two the things. Combo. <laughs> the combo. The strife he has. It's even worse. Oh, you know. do a, yeah, we, he wants us to do all a 5K for him to raise money for <laughs> working with Brittany. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate because yeah, it's kind of sad when you look at it because I would guess that if you ask the average person, they go, oh, that Jimmy Fallon seems like such a nice guy. He must be great to work with. But it's always those guys who come across as the, I'm just a regular guy in the street, and I'm really happy. They're always the biggest pricks. Isn't that amazing? I mean, he got fame really young. You have to remember, he was in his early 20s when he yeah. made it on Saturday Night Live, yep. moved into movies, and then got The Tonight Show. So, And... You know, it starts the memes of, you know, how Conan O'Brien just got, like, so screwed out of that situation between Jay Leno and yeah. the network and everything else. People are like, Conan wouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of memes last week about that because uh, Conan, honestly, is probably one of the most beloved men in comedy. That's what I hear, yeah. I've never talked He's to him. He's lovely. Never him. Yeah, that's what I've heard. If anyone didn't see his, he did a um, documentary after he got ousted from The Tonight Show um, and he took he did a stand up comedy tour, um, but it shows behind the scenes of what he was like going through, and because he felt really guilty because he moved everybody from New York, like his entire staff, all the way up to Los Angeles, and then the show was you know completely oh, gone God. within a matter of months. Oh. And the weight that he carried and his exit—I don't know if people remember this—but he got a huge, huge exit deal that he split with his staff because he said. You made so so many huge sacrifices with your families to come out here and uproot your lives, 
And, you know, they're giving me a windfall to, to leave my contract. You deserve some of this, too. Well, it's so funny that you bring that up because AJ and I were just talking to the Hubbard family, which owns this, you know, all the radio stations, TV stations, all the rest of it. And they, they, you know, they're fighting it. But AJ and I think we should get at least uh, a quarter of Britney's salary. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take a quarter of that dollar. <laughs> <laughs> that big money yeah the, yeah the heavy cake yeah yes exactly a little jingle jangle in my pocket <laughs> hey why not yeah I, I don't hollywood is such a weird you know i almost went to work at klos i came one tick away from doing the morning show at klos and i gotta be honest with you i'm really glad i didn't i don't think i would have fit in too well in los angeles you think i'd fit in i don't think i'd fit in well in hollywood uh, you know, but you might have had a place, honestly, I'm going to say this because I think, you know, John and Ken on KFI, they act like they hate Los Angeles all the time. And I think that they found their voice, too. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think you would have found a voice because I think people would have appreciated something that's maybe a little fresh and a little less like kissing Hollywood's butt all the time. So, it, it, but you have to be able to feel like you fit in here too. And I, yeah. I understand when people come here and go, this just doesn't feel right to me. I get it. Cause Los Angeles is, is a sprawling place. I find it to be very friendly. Cause I came from New York where everything was like so hustle and bustle and crazy. But, um, I had a really nice community by the time I had moved here. A lot of people from moved from New York to LA or vice versa, but it can be hard from other cities if you don't know anyone or just trying to fit yeah. in. It's, yeah. Well, the toughest but part. I had a hard time. I, I was going to say, I had a hard time fitting in Minneapolis, so there you go. No, I understand that. I do understand. Yeah. No question about it. Look, one of my favorite stories about it, because at the time, think, think about this now. Before digital, I used to have to fly back and forth to L.A. to cut commercials. How crazy is that, to just cut a commercial? To That's cut insane. a commercial. That's crazy. I used to do it all the time, too. <laughs> New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. You fly all over the damn country before. And then I think, you know who the first people were that got the satellite dishes, of course? National Public Radio. Yeah. Because they have all that money. So you go into those studios. Oh, man, they're beautiful. Yeah, to go cut a commercial. But my favorite story about flying out one time, I flew out to do uh, some, I don't even remember what the hell the commercial was for, but I was doing it at the old uh, Buzzies. Remember, do you remember Buzzy Studio? Or was that before your time? Before my time, for sure. Yeah, Buzzies was a, was a big deal. And, a, and several, a long, narrow hallway, had several studios. And I will never forget this. It was many, many, many years ago. I had finished cutting my commercial, and Orson Welles was there cutting a commercial at the time. Right? So I walk out the door of the studio, and I look to my left, and there's Orson Welles coming down the hallway. And his chauffeur came up behind him and said, Mr. Welles, uh, I'm sorry, they didn't let me park in front. I'm parked in the back. Problem created there. Orson Welles was so big, he couldn't turn around in the hallway. No way. <laughs> I will never wow. forget that as long as I... He must have weighed well over 500 pounds. Oh. He, he was huge. I didn't know he was a big guy. Oh, God, yes. Orson got very big yeah. before he died. But the greatest part of that story is... So, yeah, they had to pull the car around front because he couldn't turn around in the hallways. It was too narrow. Dang. So then a few hours later, I go to... Uh, oh, God, where... Uh, Mameson. We went to Mameson for dinner, right? Is that even still around? Obviously not. Uh, oh, Mameson in Los Angeles? Yeah. Mm-mm. Not in think so. No. But in any case, we're there having a little dinner, just kind of hanging out, and I look over, and there's Orson Welles again. Dang. He's sitting at a table. I never did approach him to say hello or anything. I just figured, you know, he, he kind of liked to be by himself anyway. But uh-huh. uh, I did find out why he weighed 500 pounds. Sitting on the table with his meal, which was sizable, were not one, but two magnums of champagne. Dang. <laughs> that boy could drink, and like I'll had tell a, you. needed them readily available. Oh, yeah. You we got to like, have both of them so right fancy. there on the table. <laughs> so fancy. But see, that part, see, that part of L.A. I would have loved. But the one, you know, the one thing that kept me away from moving out to Los Angeles doing that job? What? Was the... The actors and the voiceover people themselves were all in it for themselves, man. There's no, yeah. It, you know, well, you, you screwed me out of that. I didn't screw you out of it. They hired me instead of you. I didn't yeah. screw you. What the hell are you talking about? I, it feels like that is the mantra in 
radio too. Like, oh yeah, if someone oh, yeah. gets fired and you get offered that job, you're a monster if I you know. take it. Like what? Like, um, <laughs> there's only so many jobs, and a girl's got to eat. Well, plus the fact I didn't fire you. What are you mad at me for? Right. And they didn't yeah. come to me and go, hey, Tom, if you take the job, we'll fire Jim. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. I did have somebody Although, say that, what though. Happens, you, though. Oh, Sometimes really? the deal happens while, like, while the other person is still has the job. That's yeah. what gets everyone upset. I guess. I know. I've never had a job I, didn't, I, I would have been mad to get fired from. Who gives a rat's ass? Go get another job. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Jobs are hard to come by now, though. In 2023, you don't want to lose your job. God, I wish that were true. I wouldn't have a job right now. It'd be wonderful. You I... could totally not have. You're such a bullshitter. <laughs> you literally took on this job for no reason. Well, yeah. I am okay. having fun, though. I know. But, like, <laughs> I wish I could not work. Guess what, mother trucker? You don't have Ooh, to. Hell, pardon me. I, I love that you want to do this. So what do you think, Kristen, about personal attacks on the show? <laughs> oh, now? Yeah. <laughs> It's built up after you being away for a week. One yeah. week, and yeah. all of a sudden, I'm a mother trucker. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> That's where I am right now. And, as, like, by the way, I'm working on not swearing because Gogo is repeating words. Oh, yeah. Oh, Killing oh, yeah. it in the game. I got a lot of good ones. Oh, we'll close with this. I'm glad you brought up Gogo. Yeah. Because, as you know, I love children, grandchildren, yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know who, I, I assume Andy and Melissa put it out there, but Michael Bryant called me and said, Have you seen this video of you and Ethan? Oh, when you jump, he jumps to you. Yeah, he yeah. jumps to me. That went on for about an hour. The video's, I think, only a couple of minutes long or something. Yeah, it's so cute. That. But we did that for about an hour. Oh, I know. They will just keep going. <laughs> I'm telling you, so I hung out with Fawn and Sage yesterday. I brought Gogo over there. Those kids are so sweet they to are. Gogo. They're very and sweet like, kids. They love kids. Which is a rarity. Like, most kids are fine, but they just kind of exist next to Gogo. Oh, no. But Sage is like, Gogo, do you want to come do this? And then Fawn's like, Gogo, <laughs> do you want to watch me do this? Like, they were so, I was like, Alex, yep. how did you raise them? Like, they were so. It wasn't her, it was me. So they, yeah, yeah, you <laughs> had a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Because I love everyone, exactly. Exactly. I just was like so impressed. It no, was they, beyond, they care so much. They were like, you know, and then she, she had something, they'd help pick her up. It was yep. like, and Sage goes, do you think I could hold her? And I keep in mind, they might be the same weight. Like, because Sage is kind of little and Gogo's very big for yeah, her that, age. There you go. So he's like holding her by just like, sus- like you know, pushing her against him. It was so funny. He goes, Can she sit on my lap? I was like, I don't know, can she? <laughs> I mean, the whole. <laughs> she might not be able to. I'm not sure. But uh, honestly, God, the, the, that whole thing, yeah. what you're talking about. Well, I, I talk about it all the time. I adore my wife, our children, our grandchildren. Our family is very, very important to me and all the rest of it. They're very, very sweet people. Yeah, they're so sweet. And did, Kristen, do you ever know what Fawny, the very firstborn, she's, uh, you know, she's seven now, and Sagey's five, and then you got Ethan's about to turn two. But uh, many, many years ago, Fawny decided that my name was not Grandpa. It, wasn't, it was Bop Bop. So now everybody calls me because apparently she couldn't say grandpa, so she said bop bop, right? Pretty cute. And now it's, it's endearing. It is endearing. So now basically, when Ethan was ju- well, he, what he he did was he'd get up on the coffee table, and then jump into my arms. Yeah. And he'd laugh and have this wonderful time. So after a while, he started going, bop bop, and yeah. then he would jump. I mean, that's the joy of the world. These people said, oh, the world sucks. Everything's terrible. No, it's not. Well, it's definitely a little bit sunnier for you. My nickname was Bertney from... Oh, yeah, because Brittany and Bertney, yeah. Yeah, Vaughn called me Bertney, and I was called that for years. (laughs) Hey, Bertney. Mine was pumpkin because I had a big, round head, and my hair was bright orange. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet you're cute. What do you mean you had? It's still, it's still, you still got the you got melon. A big old pumpkin head. I, I do have a big old head. I do know that. A big old pumpkin. Wonderful <laughs> to talk to you again, sister. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Yes, I will be back. Good to hear your voice again. Nice to hear you as well. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. We'll take a break. Be right back. Chris Eggert will join us. Right, Kristen. Bert, Kristen to Chris. What more could you ask for? Right. I'm sure glad the miserable heat dome is now behind us. Fall may be just the best part of summer. Yeah, that's true. That might be true.
Along with cooler, shorter fall days, it's one of the best times in Minnesota for landscape plantings. ProTurf did my landscape this spring. Rick had some great ideas for my yard, and they can do the same for yours. A good fall-established planting is much more likely to survive a summer drought the following year. A ProTurf certified landscape designer can help you design a landscape that not only looks nice, but will also increase the value of your home. Fall is not only a great time to plant, but also a great time for hardscape patios, walkways, retaining walls. ProTurf is a Minnesota original, family-owned business, matter of fact, since 1982. 41 years serving Minnesota. We care for lawns, landscapes, and irrigation systems where we live. If the weeds in your lawn are out of control, fall is the best time to get a head start for next year. Let them put together a three- to five-step program that is safe, effective, and guarantees results. If you want the best landscape on the block, ProTurf is ready to give you your free landscape or lawn estimate and analysis. Visit www.professionalturf.com. That's professionalturf.com. Click Estimates for Lawn Care Landscaping or schedule an irrigation service visit. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. Do you know the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day? Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Schatzko with mnfatloss.com, and I know the secret. Our unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. If you'd like to lose unhealthy fat without counting points, no exercising, no prepackaged meals, no surgery, and no hypnosis, go online to mnfatloss.com. A reset like mnfatloss.com could be the answer for you just like it has been for me. I'm not hungry. I don't crave carbs or sugar. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, that's about a pound of fat every day, no exercise required. Be sure to tell the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Bernard sent you. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600 or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C. Results may vary. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Easy cleanup with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus Whisper Series Leaf Blower. And football. That's right, Reese Davis. With variable speed, it has the power for when you really need it and just the right amount when you don't. And the OnePlus battery platform means you go from yard work to DIY in just a click so you can get projects done faster. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Ryobi and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew Old-Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Ruthie, our last summer barbecue is this weekend, and it has to be epic. Well, Total Wine has these new hard seltzers that'll rock your barbecue. And my favorite Cabernet will make your famous ribs even famous-er. Yes, just what my last summer barbecue needed. Wow, and at those low prices, they'll be great for my first fall barbecue. Ooh, I'll trade you my famous ribs recipe for one of yours. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, B21. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP podcast.com this is the tom bernard morning show podcast you heard me there's no question about it so ladies and gentlemen we are back 
And, of course, news brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. Of course, Josh Arnold bringing you Chris Eggert. So I'm back. I'm back in town. I'm getting up early, going for my walks, watching that five eyewitness news with Chris Eggert. And it just makes my heart so glad. What do you think? You can't hear me. It looks like we may have some internet issues again. <laughs> I felt so, I was so happy to see you. <laughs> I just, why can't they fix this? Is it this building? Yeah, it might be. We're going to have to move out. <laughs> I mean, we can't even do a show anymore, for Christ's sake. Oh. So we can't do, so Chris can't be on. He can be on. He's going to call right well, now from call his in. cell phone. I, seriously, has anybody talked to the building? We're going to have to have somebody in upper management at Hubbard call them and say, look, can you do this or not, or we got to move out of the building? Yeah. AJ's going to jump on the phone right After now. After I put in that beautiful window so we could see AJ, it says something went wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. It worked well for... Five years. What the hell happened? I don't know. I just want to do drugs. I do, too. Let's go do drugs. Let's do drugs. Chris, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, it's Chris Eggert. You know what? I could... if, if this is what it takes to get rid of doing that bullshit picture thing, this is, a, this is a radio show. I don't need any pictures. No. It's more to just, yeah, okay, perfect. Anything. I just would like... I don't need to look at Chris because he always gives me the finger when he's on anyway. That's true. <laughs> Correct? It's true. It's very true, yes. <laughs> it's true. What's happening, Pally? Hey, good to see you. You look rested. I am very well rested. I'll ask you the same thing I've been asking these guys all my. You ever been to the cashiers in North Carolina? I have not, no. Fantastic. One of the most beautiful places you will ever go. The people could not be nicer. There's no political BS going on, like arguing the far left and the far right, and blah, 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 blah. Everybody's kind of in the middle, and they're going, calm down. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. Good. I, you know, I have wonderful. lots of people who go down there for, um, they vacation there, like, annually, like a family trip. Yes. So um, I've always thought of it, and hearing your recommendation, it's good. I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, man, it was so wonderful. I, I'm one of those kind of guys, I, I must be, I don't know what the hell, maybe the luckiest guy on earth, or I'm just a weirdo or something, but... The more time I spend with Catherine, the more I love her. She, I just love that woman. She's, she's the best, except for when she punches me. I don't like that too much. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you guys are adorable. It's, it, it makes the rest of us, I, like, I feel bad the way I always hear how lovingly you're talking about Catherine. And I'm thinking my wife does, I, I, God bless her. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, that's, so you got the same attitude I've got. <laughs> that's no, very true no question about that no it's it's it is a wonderful thing but yeah if you ever get a chance cashiers the highlands which uh same area uh Asheville's a nice town go to the biltmore it's it's a great area i highly recommend it we should maybe maybe we should do a show there except for the fact that although if we can get that same house to stay in for 250 that'd be pretty good Everybody could afford that, right? Yeah, we could all stay in the same house. No, with a three-bedroom house or four-bedroom house. So, yeah, we could all stay in the same house. Fine. That'd go over huge. Yeah, right. Working with you and living with you. Boy, that'd be great. Oh, I'd love it. Oh, my gosh. It would be a reality show. I, I would watch that. I would. Indeed. I'd be kicked out of that house so quick. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, tough start to the day. I watched uh, your show. Like I said, I was going for my walk this morning, and I, I uh, was watching your news report, and course 9-11 uh, the 22nd anniversary is today is that yeah. where were you when that all happened I was working in Omaha and um, my wife and I were working for a channel called uh, uh, KMTV KM3 News and uh, we were working nights well I was working nights at the time and like everybody else we were up we had the TV on mm-hmm when everything started going down, it just, you, you know, you knew immediately, like, get to work. So we both, you know, hopped in the car and, and drove as quickly as we could to get to work. But that was a weird day because um, at one point, I ended up out in Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, quiz, if anybody knows their um, 
Air Force bases, but I was at off at Air Force Base, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where they brought the president. That's where they brought President Bush. Like Air Force One landed at Offutt oh. to keep him safe because Strategic Air Command is there, and that's how they run out of a lot of the military operations out of a bunker there. So they brought him to the Omaha area to keep him safe, and I'm sitting out in a cornfield on what was you know, arguably one of the scariest days of anybody's lives as American in, in our, you know, in our history, recent history, and looking at Air Force One, it was it was a trip. I'll be honest with you, it had nothing to do with being Republican, Democrat, left, right, whatever. But when they walk in the room and whisper in his ear, because he's in a he's in a school, I think in Texas, was he in Texas at the time? I don't remember where he was at. I don't either. But he was at a school, and he was listening to the teacher doing some talking, and the kids were having a good time. And security walks up and whispers in his ear, and the look he gets on his face, he literally looks like he didn't know whether to get angry or start crying. I mean, it was that emotional for him. I will never, ever forget the look on his face. It is, and you think about, like, yeah, I think about that time and time again when when they show that moment, and, yeah, it. It's, I don't know. It's weird. It seems like it's been, it seems like it was yesterday and then it seems like it was 40 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, but I just want to get your take on that whole situation. So you were in, uh, in the, uh, Nebraska area at the time. Yeah. And we, it was funny because we'd start getting the newsroom, start getting, um, tips that people were seeing air force one and, you know, obviously we had no, we had no idea that that's where they were bringing the president. I mean, they didn't want anybody to know, right? Like they brought him there because they wanted him to, that's where they wanted to put him to stay safe yes. down in a bunker. Yep. And, um, at some point we reported that air force one had been spotted. We must've confirmed it. Um, and we reported it. And people were calling the newsroom, and they were losing their minds at us. They were so angry that we were reporting that the president was there, which I guess I understand because they were worried that we were somehow jeopardizing his safety by reporting that he was. Which I I mean, I get because just think about it. Everybody Everybody was in such a panicked, hyper state. You know, you couldn't help it. You didn't know. Um, but that was, yeah, I mean, people like losing their minds on us. They were so mad. Um, yeah, I, you, you were, you guys were on the air, right? I, yep. I listened to your ear check. Yeah, we were on the air when it happened and, uh, we're talking about it. We're on cakey oh, morning show, obviously. And we're talking back and forth about, and they kept saying that it was a light plane that hit the building. And I don't think it's part of that, that documentary that, that was on, uh, it's called, uh, the, the Heartland Tapes. Like I said, it's quite an honor that that, that recording is in the Smithsonian Institute now, which is a hell of an mm-hmm. honor. But yeah. I remember we're sitting there watching it, and they showed the building. They didn't show the plane hitting the building, the first plane, but they showed the building, and they kept saying a light plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. And Brian Zepp and I both said, that hole is way too big for a light plane. I'm sorry, but that, yeah. there is no way that was a light plane. Uh, and as it went on throughout the morning, and we talked a, a great deal about that after the show. I went over and met some friends, and we just stood there. There was no traffic. There was no air traffic. There was no noise. Everything was really silent, which was eerie as hell. Yeah. I will never forget that. It, it was very unsettling because it was so quiet, you know? It was um, down in, because um, it was the Nebraska, again, it was um, off at Air Force Base was down there, and the yeah. only air traffic you could hear that night was these black helicopters that were flying all over the place because sure. they had them. Um, and that was, oh, it was so weird and so creepy, and you're just like, what? I don't know. It. You think about what a, you know, generation-changing day that was and then i i i always think back to how in the days that followed like when 
when do we start? I remember because I was in Omaha and uh, Nebraska football is obviously such a huge thing down sure. there. It was, yeah. it was, when are they going to start playing football again? When are they going to, when is an appropriate time to get back to what, you know, to try to shift back into let's, you know, let's kind of try to move forward slowly mode. And, but I remember the thing that was so great about that is everybody was flying flags and everybody was so nice to each other. And everybody had a, it was like, it was like the United States hit a reset button when it came to yes. the way yep. that, that people acted to each other. And, um, and so, so to have such like a magical thing come out of that too, um, that, that was, I, I, I just remember that being really profound. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it was a very, very big deal. You're absolutely right about that. It, it, well, it did change the world forever. There's no question about that. No doubt about it, but I just wanted to, to mention that quickly. I didn't want to spend the entire report on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. All the rest of it, because you have a lot of other stuff to talk about. But, I, it, hey, look, it's a 22nd anniversary, and I will never, ever forget that. It just, there's no reason for it. There is no reason for human beings to treat each other like that, but we do. I don't know why we do, but we do, and it's sickening. I guess to go back and, and, and I won't talk about it anymore, but I, I just think when you think about what a remarkable thing it was that all of that worked out the way it did for those guys who was a handful of people. And for that to think about all the different things that things had to happen right for the terrorists to make that right go down the way they did. Even that is remarkable to think about when you look back on it. No, you're absolutely right about that. This this day, you know, it's interesting. It's the first day back after a vacation and all the rest of it. But it, this stuff needs to be talked about. It needs to be discovered by people who don't know much about it. As I said, a, a friend of mine lost his son. His son made it down in the lobby but didn't make it out of the building, unfortunately. Mm. Um, it, it's just the day, as they said, will live in infamy. That was their comment, I remember. Did what's crazy is they're still identifying remains. Yes, and they just identified two more people over the weekend. And I don't, what is it like? Maybe forty percent of the people who they think died in there, they've never, God, they've never been able to recover any kind of DNA evidence or anything of right. them. Right, like forty percent, which is crazy. Well, can you imagine the inferno that those two buildings were? I Holy know. God. Again, like what a fluke thing to have it the way it, yeah, it's, have you, um, have you been to the memorial site? I have not. I, I have not. Yeah. I, I need to get there someday, but you know, I got to be honest with you because we were live on the air when it happened. I'm still yeah. not ready. Maybe another couple of years, maybe it'll take 25 years. I'm just not ready to remember how I felt that day. Uh, we went a couple of years ago. We took the kids to New York and, um, you, you don't even I thought it would, I mean, I don't know how I felt because you see the Freedom Tower and it's a beautiful building and, you know, you you know what used to stand there, but it mm -hmm. doesn't, that doesn't hit. But when you're sitting there looking down at those reflecting pools and, um, God, what a feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm getting choked up just thinking I about know. just watching my wife's reaction there. And, mm -hmm. like, the kids, kids weren't alive when it happened. They didn't know. Um and like kind of explaining that, I mean, they know what happened obviously because they learned about it at school, but you know, I was trying to explain to them why, you know, mom was so upset. And I'm like, I, I said, I don't, you know, it's just a feeling that everybody got it. And you know, it all kind of comes back, but I, I you know, if people can get a chance to go there in their lifetime, I suggest doing it because it's, it's a great way to pay tribute to people who died there. Indeed, it is true, and we can move on to some lighter fare, but I will say this. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we'll ever get past the point of stupidity, the abject stupidity that causes things like this. My God is better than your God. My beliefs are more important than your beliefs. My life is more important than your life. How stupid are you to believe things like that? Yeah, it's uh, lots of hatred there. Yeah. Lots of hatred and there. it's to all based on... It's all based on imbeciles being talked into something. Unfortunately. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. All right, so what's um, going on in the Hollywood? 
Uh, you know, my favorite term that people use who are not very good at segueing is, <laughs> well, shifting gears. Yeah, now, well, right? shifting gears, ladies and gentlemen. I used to work with a gal who would, um, she was always shifting gears, shifting gears, shifting gears, shifting gears. And um, <laughs> some of the directors would joke. They're like, get out your bike helmets. We're going to shift gears. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I like that take. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they said that behind the scenes, and God bless, but it was funny. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. What's the least other least depressing thing? Uh, well, <laughs> exactly. How about them Vikings, eh? Yeah, that's least depressing. Well, actually, it is less depressing, but it's still depressing. And stuff. I was uh, Mike Bilski and his lovely wife took Catherine and me to the game yesterday, so I was there for the entire torture. Yeah. Uh, which was unbelievable. That uh, team sucks right now. Terrible. I think it was like everybody was expecting, like, it was funny because I wasn't worried about it. I was like, eh, fine. Yeah. Just, we're, we'll, we'll come back. It's not, it's just Tampa for Pete's sake. And then you're like <laughs> expecting all the magic that happened last year. And that's like, you, now, I don't know. Now it just makes me wonder like, well, geez, um, I guess if we don't have that same, if we can't get that same magic going that we got going last year, it could be a very long season. Oh, I think this is going to be a very long season. Thank God it's the last year with Kirk Cousins. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in the history of football. I, I like everybody. I don't know. Did you watch, did you guys watch Brittany, AJ? Did you guys watch the Netflix, the documentary with him? Yeah, mm-hmm. I really liked it. Quarterback. It, he yeah. was, he was quite likable. It was annoyingly so. <laughs> That's what I, I heard. I agree. It's hard to hate on him. Mm-hmm. It, I, I really. <laughs> I look at him differently, and he's off. He's off, and he's he's off on the sideline when they showed one of the bad plays. And he's off on the sideline. He's very upset, and I'm like sitting there looking at him. Like he definitely humanized him a lot more. I'm like, because you know he beats himself up over it. You know, yeah, he makes it. You know, you, it's it's not like one of these guys, Tom, who you think is like just phoning it in. Like you know, right, the guy's right. heart is there. Whether or not the skill is there, I guess that's a whole other story. I think he's got the skill physically, just mentally. He's just, he's not, I don't know. He seems like a very nice man. I, he was sitting a couple of tables away from me at dinner this, this winter. I didn't go over and, you know, talk to him or anything like that, but he seems like a very pleasant guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, whatever. It's one game. That's what people got to keep in mind. It's all, you know, it's always the end of the world after the one game, you know, and to, Two games later, they win two in a row, and all of a sudden, everyone's thinking about the playoffs again. So, Yeah, well, let me just tell you something. Since I was nine years old, when this team started playing football in Minnesota, <laughs> they've been kicking me in the nuts for about 50 years, yeah. 60 years now. I'm sick to I death know. of this team. I really am. I, they're driving me insane. I God. was glad to get out when I was doing TV and moving in different places around the country. It was fun to move away from here. And cheer <laughs> <for> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. We were, we were down in Orlando when Tampa was good, so we like glommed onto Tampa and would go down there and cover their games. And that was one of the years they won the Super Bowl. And then we were out in Seattle when Seattle was good. And as they were leading up to when they won the Super Bowl, so like it was fun to be part of a fan base when they were, you know, on the way up um, and climbing the years right before the Super Bowls, and then and then we get back home, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, that's yeah, no. goes. <laughs> 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 trombone. I know it's just you know I think that the the problem that I do have, Chris, to tell you the truth is there's a very personal thing attached uh, to me with the Minnesota Vikings is uh, I didn't watch them. I was a Twins fan from day one when I was nine years old, but I didn't watch the Vikings until I was about 15. And the Mm -hmm. only reason I did is my brother Terry got home from Vietnam, and I hadn't seen him in in years. And he came home, and he he goes, Tom, you want to watch some Vikings? I'm like, what's the Vikings? And I'm 15 years old at the time. You would think I don't know who they were. Yeah. But I, I had really no interest in that whatsoever. Uh, the Minnesota Gophers, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but they had just won a national championship a few years <laughs> yeah, earlier. Dang, <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. So it's like, you know. But 
so I have that that attachment I have in my brother back from from you know the United States Marine Corps and cheering things on and just having a great time watching football with my brother all the brothers all five brothers got together and watched the games it was it was a very very special time for me so when they let me down they really let me down yeah, is well. all I'm saying that's yeah, all I'm saying you don't want it's Tom's like wrath <laughs> no it's like you just sort of the misery of being a fan brings yep. us together too right like my family has a whole we've got a whole text string one of them one of my uncles is in Lincoln Nebraska his his son's in Lincoln my other uncle is in Tucson Arizona my mom's in South Dakota my wife and I are here and like we text each other during the game the whole game sure. and all we're doing is commiserating um we suck, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, I don't know. There's, there's something about the, you know, it does bring people together. <laughs> Maybe not in the best ways. I know. All right, young man, another brilliant report. And I just, uh, I don't know, we're going to, we got to figure out what the hell it is. I suppose just having people call in will work too. What the hell? You well, go with I what you got. I seeing you guys, but I can hear you, so that's good. Indeed, Buster Brown. We will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, have a good day, you guys. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Channel 5 Eyewitness (laughs) News, Chris Haggard. He goes, bye. 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 There's a a weird energy that Chris, uh, like, he'll, I'll I'll wave at him excitingly to show, like, hey, I see you, you know, you're on air. And he tries to mimic it back. Yeah. And he does, like, when a dog tries to smile, it, like, looks like a girl. He goes, (laughs) like, he tries to meet my energy, and he doesn't know that, like, it's impossible for him. So it's kind of funny. Why is it you think that I get along with TV news anchors so well? I think you it just, just struck me. I don't know. I, thought I don't get it. You just, but Eggert's a reporter sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Man on the town. Maybe you've seen him yelling at people stealing flat screens. Let me tell you. Oh, I did see him yelling at people stealing flat screens. That was a good. Did you ever see that, AJ? No. Oh, God, uh, it's phenomenal. Chris? Yeah, during yeah, Chris Chris went after people for stealing during the uh, the riots. Uh, the the really yeah, when yeah, that was going down at Target, uh, he was downtown and they were running by, and he said something like, "Did you pay for that?" It was just so funny, and he got like reamed for it because he's like, he did, they're yeah. like, "Don't get involved yeah. at all." I loved it. Of I course, we all loved, loved it. Of course, like that. that was like the question on all of our minds, you know. But like none of us, first off. I walk around not having the balls to yell that at somebody if I was there. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. Chris, what are you doing? Now, I do want to tell people at this juncture that the show is going to change because I luckily um, talked to uh, management on vacation, before vacation, all the rest of it. But um, I have a couple of friends. Well, Renee Stern, I was a very good friend of mine, psychologist, and, and I have, have, not, have not been sleeping well at all. Because for 37 years, I got up at 3.15 in the morning. Yeah. 37 years, I got up at 3.15 in the morning, and I cannot stop waking up at 3.15 in the morning. Yeah. That no sounds matter. like a nightmare. Oh, it's horrible. Literally the worst. Absolutely horrible. I don't care how much medication I take. Matter of fact, last night, I took this new medication to try to sleep. It gave me horrible anxiety. Why would a sleep medication do that? Oh, I hate... I feel like that's the opposite of its goal. Exactly! The exact opposite. So it's my fault, isn't it? Yeah, everything's your fault. Uh, yeah, it's true. Tom, you don't even know how to take sleep medication! Yeah, I love how you're going to, like, exponentially make it worse, and now it's your fault. And it is my you're fault. You're a piece of crap. Everyone hates you. Every time you go into a room, no one likes you. That's so, the mantra of anxiety. The great news is that uh, I've been talking to Amy and Dan and the management over at Hubbard and all the rest of it. Yeah. The first time in 37 years, starting in two weeks, and it's going to take two weeks to tran- uh, you know, transition and all the rest of it, but in two weeks, the show is going to move to uh, late morning, afternoon. Yeah. So I don't have to get up. And again, I'm very grateful to everybody that listens to the show right where it is and all the rest of it. And you can still listen to it. I mean, obviously, it's a podcast. So if you want to still listen to it from 7 to 10 in the morning, you can do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem at all. It won't be live, but it, that doesn't matter. Yeah, you'd be right? listening to the day prior, which yeah, the day honestly. Prior. What's the big difference? Who cares, right? We've never been up to date. <laughs> We've never been up to date on that stuff anyway, but. Yeah, so uh, this week and next week we'll be going from 7 to 10. And then uh, in two weeks, two weeks from today, we're going to start doing the show. Um, 
at what time is it again? Eleven thirty, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. But let's it was not... eleven o'clock. Eleven o'clock, I think it is. No, I think it's eleven thirty. They told me eleven. Are uh, you sure? A thousand percent. Because they told me it was going to be eleven to one thirty. Uh, it's eleven thirty to two. You have the your family one ends at eleven, and then you wanted a half hour buffer. Nope, that's not what's going to happen. Okay. That uh, whoever told you that is wrong. Okay. The, the, the family podcast is going to be on after the morning show still. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe that's what you were thinking. I think that the family show is going to be on from 1.30 to 2.30, something like that. Okay, yeah, that's absolutely different. But you yeah, know what? Different. We'll iron it out by then. I'll get the babysitter on the yeah, horn. All I know is thank God, because I, I literally, I went through a, about a month or two periods saying, I can't do this anymore. I cannot keep getting up at 3.15 in the morning for the rest of my life. i got to do something. So I tried a couple of different sleep medications. Uh, Let me just tell you something before we segue here. I go and get the sleep medication. It's, I can't, Bosomnol or I don't know what the Mm -mm, hell. Sounds expensive. So sexy. Aren't you right about that? Was it? Insurance. One month, one month of sleep medication. A thousand dollars. Oh, did it insurance? You don't have insurance. I have insurance, and, and they it- refuse to pay it. <gasps> so I'm going to have a little battle with them, because my insurance says they will pay for everything, because I spend a lot of money on insurance too. A thousand dollars. It would cost me twelve grand a year to take sleep medication. Which honestly, if it worked. It, and it's made it worse, not I know. better. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. Like if you guaranteed me that. One year of my life, would I spend $12,000 of one year of my life, every one of those nights I had eight hours of amazing sleep? Yeah. I'd pay. You know when I used to have one, eight hours of amazing sleep? Yeah. Back when I used to drink? <laughs> but it's not it's not deep sleep. That's better than what I'm getting now. All right. I'll tell well, you that. in that case, back to the bottle. I, I think I'm going to have to go back to THC because I sleep best on THC. It, it works really well Should for we me. Should we relapse together? Can <clears throat> I start boozing? <laughs> Ready? Goddamn traffic. My, Come friends, on. my friends do not like when I make those jokes, but seriously. So, yeah, there are going to be some changes to the show. Not many changes. There already have been some changes to the show because some people can do it and some people can't. Uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're, we're going to move. The, the, and, again, if you want to listen to 7 to 10, you can still do that. It's going to be readily available to you there. It won't be live, but it'll be the same show that we did. Um, so, yeah, starting two weeks from today, we'll be on. I, I don't know. We'll figure out the exact. I, I'm pretty sure she told me 1130 to 2 or something like that, though. Yeah, 1130 to 2 is what I knew. Okay, and then. Yeah. But you were saying 11 to 130. Or, we'll no, figure it out. I think it, it is 11 to one thirty. come to think. I don't know. Whenever, long as I don't have to get up at 3.15 in the morning anymore, works for me. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll get Priscilla, the, just be pending. Well, yeah. with this new schedule, you might be partying up past 3.15 now. You're not even going to have a chance to wake up at 3.15. You're not even getting to bed by that time. Yeah, yeah. I like it. AJ, going to go clubbing I'll with sleep, Tom. I'll sleep from 3.15 to about right, uh, Right up to the show. AJ, I'd are, seven hours of sleep if I slept three fifteen to ten fifteen. That'd be wonderful. AJ, Beautiful. are you an optimist in your everyday life, or is it just here? Oh, I try to be. You are so optimistic, and I love it. The hell are you staring at me for? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly optimistic. Every, 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 everything <laughs> has to have a silver lining. You are so <laughs> optimistic. I could be around you quite a bit. You three hours a day is good. <laughs> oh, okay, believe me, it's way too much. Way too much to be around a psychopath like you. Yeah. You, you, you. You, you, you. All right. News brought to you by. But yeah, so two weeks from today, the show will move to a later time in the day. And thank you to the Hubbard broadcasting people, Dan and Amy and everybody else, because I, I just, I don't think I would be able to do this anymore. I just, I just cannot sleep. Yeah. It I've, sucks. Let's do this. Let's. I like it. News brought to you by Mr. Bunny Talk, Joe. And, and unfortunately, like I said, I, I'm sorry that some people are not going to be able to do the show that time of the day, so we're going to lose a, a person or two. So I don't feel good about that, but what are you going to do? Uh, news brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. We'll take a break. Be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, very special 9 o'clock hour. Kent Herbeck will join us uh, because he wasn't on last Friday, so he's going to be on today. And then at 9.30, he'll be joined by our special guest. Who is it? Secret. Tell us. It's a secret. 
I actually don't have a lot of like surprises in my life, so it's better be good. It's, if it's it's going to be Santa. It, That's if I who don't, it is. It's Santa Claus. If I'm not met with like the most excited person I have in my head, I will visually. Well, luckily I have enough Botox in my face that I won't show it, but I will be disappointed. I will tell you this, as you know, <laughs> that I adore Don Shelby, right? Yeah. Frank Vassalero, Chris Eggert. Is Frank coming in? No, I'm not saying anybody's coming in. But we are. We should have Frank back in again too. Yeah, but with I, his I dogs. Adore. But this person we're going to have on, I absolutely adore this person. Known this person since they were 17 years old. It's going to be. Passel. I love it. I love it. It's Passel. I'm not telling you who oh, it is. It's None of your damn business. You don't know who it is. Oh, I hate Passel. I don't know. I hate Jeff Passel. I can't possibly Jeff be Jeff Passel will be calling in. You think that's who it is? Yep, that's my bottom dollar. Well, let's bet. just say it is Herbeck and Passel. Well, that'd be a pretty good combo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking, I have to tell you, oh, my God, we have to go to break, but there is a celebrity that came to town this last weekend who I uh, went and met, and he was very obsessed with Herbeck, but... I'll tell you about it later. Get that Herbeck story when the guy came up. Oh my God! I can't believe I met. I love the twins. I can't believe, it. honey. Look, it's. Remember who he said Kent Herbeck Didn't was? Didn't he say um? Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett. <laughs> oh my! I was gonna word. say, isn't he? We all just kind of went. I, wait a minute! Isn't Kent a little taller than Kirby? You guys, I don't pretend to be a twins expert. I don't pretend to be a spots. Is I that how you that pronounce so it, expert? Much. But I will know the difference between. Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck. I can claim that. Oh, God, I love that story so much. I can't even tell you. All right, we do have to take a break here. Be right back. Oh, my God, we got a very short uh, show after this. But thank you for your patience. And like I said, it just, and, and if it just sounds like, oh, I don't want to get up in the morning, the doctors literally told me, you can't keep doing this. You did it for 37 years, and you cannot keep doing this because you'll, I'll get less and less and less sleep if I kept doing it. So, and as I said, unfortunately, not everybody can make that, that shift, so I do apologize to them for that. I feel like you're trying to lose me, and I'm telling you. I'm trying you, to get rid of her, but she won't buy it. They're like, can you do 11? I said, fine, I can make it work. Can you do noon? Fine, I can make it work. At some point, I have to go, if I say no, will they go, sorry, it's going to stay there? How about seven at night? Can you do seven <laughs> at night? What do you think? Ugh. All right, we do have to take a break. Be right back. Fall in Minnesota, it's a fantastic time of the year, and I feel great about having spent the last few months pursuing my weight loss goals with mnfatloss.com. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm doing very, very well with the whole situation. I've lost, I don't know, how much have I lost now? Like 30-some pounds? Dang Somewhere in They've done a good job. Even I look decent. If you oh. I'm sorry, I was on a phone call. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what I meant eh, to say. Eh, <laughs> I don't know. How did I tell you? Eh. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, no exercise required, to schedule your free consultation, go to mnfatloss.com. I feel great, and the weight loss hasn't been hard. I don't feel hungry. I have a great deal of energy, and I'm getting closer to my ultimate fat loss goal. With MN Fat Loss, you're only eating real delicious foods. The MN Fat Loss team really has discovered the secret to weight loss. I thought the idea of losing up to a pound of fat a day sounded great, obviously. And I'm here to tell you this program delivers... Fall is a great time to get on the calendar for a free consultation. Go to mnfatloss.com. That is mnfatloss.com. Results may vary. Be sure to tell the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Barnard sent you. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? 
Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with my Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My car really needs a wash. The $20 Meguiar's Bundle includes Gold Class Tar Wash for a showroom shine. And what about my tires? Just spray the included Hot Shine tire coating and you're all set. The inside is not great. No problem. The quick interior detailer in the bundle can help with that too. Restrictions apply. I'm here talking with my friends Michael Bilski and Brad Huckle of North American Banking Company. Guys, it seems like banking has changed quite a bit since you first opened your doors in 1998. Yes and no. In 98, we didn't have online and mobile banking like we do today. Many banking processes have also changed. One thing that hasn't changed is we still provide a true community bank experience right here in the Twin Cities. Our team takes the time to get to know our customers and their goals. This creates a relationship that is unique in banking today and one our customers appreciate. It's why we like to say we provide a better banking experience. You're absolutely right, Brad. I've been a customer for a long time. The service your team provides is phenomenal. Thanks, Tommy. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 